Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, 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 everyone. I don't know why I keep changing up the um, the intro. I don't know. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the I Love You So Much podcast with me, Kenzie Elizabeth. Just realizing I told my producer, Taylor, that we would have music picked out for the intro this week. Taylor, this is my apology to you currently. Um, I have no excuse because this is about a year overdue, but we are we are getting to it. You guys know how difficult it is for me to make decisions. I love so many styles of things. I'm currently in the process of working on a new um, cover. No, what is it called? A new podcast, just new podcast artwork. I don't know why I am just like, my mind is blanking guys. I'm really getting hit hard with this COVID thing. I've got a lot of issues, which we're going to get into the issues before we get into the things I've been loving so much, but yeah, it has been quite the week anyways. So that will all be coming soon, but I did get the first mock-up of the podcast cover art. So we are, we are trucking along everyone. Um, I have a few issues to address before we get into this week's episode, the first one being that I have not been able to get this yawn out in over a week. And before everyone goes WebMD on me, just know I've already done it to myself. And I am so confused. Do not worry. I do not have Corona. It's not shortness of breath. It's like I cannot get a yawn out. My stepmom is a doctor. I've already we've already gone through all of it. It's just absolutely not. I've told her I think I have asthma. I think I have all these things. And she keeps saying, no, Kenzie, it's anxiety. But the thing is, I have been medicated for anxiety on and off since I was like 10 years old. I know what anxiety feels like and I have not been anxious. She was then explaining to me that anxiety can manifest in other ways and you're like in within your body. And a lot of you guys have been saying the same, like I asked on Instagram and obviously everyone is diagnosing me again with anxiety as always, which I am aware, but like, guys, it's so weird. I cannot fully get this yawn out. I don't feel any sort of, like, I don't really feel anxious at all. I think I've actually felt like, a, I don't know. I, I think during quarantine, I started new medicine. So I think it's helps with my anxiety levels a lot, but also I'm not leaving my house. So I'm feeling like a little bit less anxious just because I feel like I'm in this safe bubble and like no one can harm me right now. So anyways, the first problem has been that I haven't been able to yawn in over a week and it's really annoying. You can only imagine how annoying that would be whenever I'm like running and working out all the time now. And it's just like, I can't fully breathe, you know? Okay, my next problem that I'm currently facing. So my sister dyed my hair. She's a hairstylist, came over to my house, dyed my hair. Texas has lifted stay at home, by the way. I'm not leaving my house. I'm only seeing a select few family members. Like that's really it. But here, like things are kind of, I don't even I honestly don't even really know what they're kind of doing because I haven't left my house. I just know certain things are opening and like I just I'm a homebody anyway. So I'm just going to be safe and stay home. You know, I just it's unnecessary, really. Anyway, so she came over and did my hair um, and she conveniently, quote unquote, 
always forgets the oil for around my hairline to not, you know, make my forehead brown like the dye stains my forehead. Um, She conveniently always forgets that for me somehow. And it's crazy because she's actually very good hairstylist. And I've seen her work on other people and I've just never I've simply never seen her do that to other people. So I've been walking around my house for the past week with a stained forehead. I have exfoliated. I have done all the hacks, everything. Okay, guys. So that's been something it's almost all the way gone. And actually, one of you guys, I was just reading my comments on YouTube. One of you guys said that Windex takes that off, which reminds me. Um, of the My Big Fat Greek Wedding, one of my all-time favorite movies. I watched it like 72 times at the age of eight. And it really, really influenced me in regards to Windex kind of being a miracle product to the extent of like, I'm sitting in my office now at 22 and there's a Windex bottle here. Because I really, truly think that Windex is an all-purpose miracle-solving um, solution to this world. I really do th- believe that. And so, you know what? Of course, the Windex would have taken that off my forehead. You know, just being such a skincare snob, though, I'm absolutely not putting Windex on my forehead, but I just made that connection. I wanted to share it. I hope you guys all love my Big Fat Greek wedding as much as me, you know? Okay, so getting into a few things I've been loving, I'm actually currently sipping on a new latte that I made from my new Nespresso machine that came in the mail this afternoon. Absolutely incredible. If you guys follow me on Instagram, you guys have seen it. It's just literally my new pride and joy. I had an espresso machine in LA and I needed one for Dallas and I got the most beautiful white one. I'm absolutely obsessed with it. I'm drinking, I'm literally not even done with my first latte and I just know it's the best thing ever. I also got a lot of Four Sigmatic products because obviously I always hear about it on podcasts. I'm sure you guys do on like the Skinny Confidential and so many other um, ads and I've always wanted to try it. So I got a bunch of that stuff, which actually ended up like resulting in me then going and buying my Nespresso machine because I was looking originally for a milk frother and then it just, I really went downhill. So that's exciting. Still absolutely loving my Kindle Oasis. I'm going to Colleen Hoover kick right now. Actually, my favorite authors, Liv Constantine, they're a duo, they're sisters, but that's their like author name, came out with a new book today as I'm recording this. And unfortunately, today is the busiest day I've had in quite some time or else I probably would have finished it. But I'm so excited for that. Um, it's just absolutely incredible. Like literally love them so much. I've been, oh my gosh, my Kindle Oasis has changed my life again. Shout out Lauren Elizabeth. Thank you so much for bullying me into buying it. I will never be able to repay you for your bullying. I am grateful for you, your bullying and the person it's turned me into being because now I'm a Kindle Oasis freak and it has truly changed my life. So update on my den. If you guys didn't know, I'm turning my garage into a den, a gym and a projector room, blah, blah, blah. Um, update on that. The floors are done. The couch has arrived. My gym stuff has arrived and the rest of it is set to arrive this week. So I am currently over the moon about this new addition to my house. I have really, really gone above and beyond during quarantine. If you guys haven't been watching the vlogs, you need to. More important though, if you guys haven't been watching my TikToks, you absolutely need to because I'm on the verge of becoming a TikTok star. Um, I say that with my 2000 followers, but that's beside the point. I am so into TikTok currently. Like it's just really taking over my life. I've been posting a lot of outfit of the days. There's loungewear collections, book recs. So for those of you who are like, what should I read? Or give me more book recs. One, I have an Instagram highlight. And then two, I have a Goodreads account. Three, there's an Amazon shop page. And four, there are TikTok videos of book recommendations. I've also have been doing a lot of recipes. Actually today, I'm going to film the Hollywood Bowl like from Sweetgreen. I'm making that today from home, which I'm so excited for and literally cannot wait. So again, my TikTok is Kinsey Elizabeth Hay. You guys don't want to miss out. Also question. I want to start watching The Real Housewives of Dallas. 
my manager said I absolutely have to. And I just think that it just makes sense. So I think that that's going to be my next reality TV thing because I haven't done that in quite some time. The last thing, um, some housekeeping, we have merch available on Amazon. Um, again, no pressure to buy, especially during this time. But a lot of you guys have been asking for it to go back up. It went down with Amazon, but it is back up and available. Yeehaw merch, the IOISM, Collegiate, all of it. So if you guys want some, check it out on Amazon. It's linked in the show notes. And today's episode is very exciting. It is with Miss Hannah Ashton. I love her. I think she's the cutest person ever. She is a boss. She's so kind. She's just so generous with her knowledge as well. She has this dream achieved notebook and she's really built like this really cool business for herself while being in college. It's actually insane. So we're talking about like working from home, working during college, um, kind of like reassessing priorities and just different seasons. Um, and then also like practical um, wisdom behind actually starting a company, um, like a product goods thing. It's just, she's the best. You guys are going to love this episode. I hope you guys enjoy and let's get started. All right, guys, really quickly, I just wanted to tell you guys about what has been saving my life during my midday slumps. My midday slumps were hitting harder than ever during this quarantine, which is a little bit weird because, you know, I haven't been leaving my house, so you'd think I'd be less tired. No, no, I can assure you it has been the exact opposite. My midday slumps have been hitting harder than ever. And until I started using Organifi Red Juice, it's so freaking easy. Preparing your Organifi Red Juice takes 30 seconds. You just add a scoop to your water at midday and enjoy. It gives you like a natural boost of energy, which I love. No shopping, chopping, juicing, or blending. My other favorite thing is that I don't have to clean my freaking juicer, guys. This takes 30 seconds of midday. It's something really great to look forward to. And it also just really helps with midday slumps. I have this natural boost of energy and I feel so much better than if I had like another coffee or just something a bit heavier. It also contains 11 antioxidant rich superfoods for repairing your immune system and boosting energy. So there's reishi mushroom, um, acai, beets, pomegranate, raspberry, cranberry, blueberry, and strawberry, just to name a few. Now more than ever, we need to be focusing on our immune system and staying healthy. So that's been really helpful. Organifi Red Juice improves T-cell function with more micronutrients, phytonutrients, and antioxidants. They also contain all natural herbs, medicinal mushrooms, and berries to protect immunity. So drink Organifi Organifi Red Juice in the afternoon to boost energy and improve T-cell function instantly. With Organifi Red Juice, you get a full spectrum of vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants. So I just make mine in the afternoon. I love it because it's so easy, so quick. It gives me a really natural boost of energy and there's no cleanup involved, which also means no mess, guys. Can we get an amen? Okay. Also, I really like to drink it in the afternoon because it boosts energy. And you know, when you hit that midday slump around like 2 or 3 p.m. and you're not going to get anything done, that is when I head downstairs and I make my red juice. I love the natural energy that I get from it as well. It's been so helpful. It ships right to your door so you never have to run to the store. There's also a recurring delivery included in subscription, so it can be automatically delivered on your schedule. It's also USDA organic, dairy-free, gluten-free, keto-friendly, soy-free, and 100% vegan. So you guys can order any Organifi product today and you will get 15% off at Organifi.com slash I love you. So again, Organifi.com slash I love you. O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash I love you for 15% off any product. All right, guys, go order some. You will not regret it. And let's get back to the episode. Hello. Hi, Kenzie. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy that we are finally recording this was a podcast that was meant to be, I think. Oh, oh my goodness. We're the same person. At least I feel like we yeah, are. Yeah, no, we're very You're similar. You're my favorite YouTuber. So, <gasps> really? Yeah, whenever someone asks me for a favorite YouTuber, I'm like, Kenzie Elizabeth. Wait, I'm actually really honored. Yeah, so I, I, I don't get that often. So. I'm so excited <laughs> for this. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my gosh. Okay, so we 
I mean, okay, well, we really just met technically, but like we've met before. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Is that this weird thing where you like watch people online and you talk to them all the time and then like you think that you've met, but it's like you're like, oh, hi, but we've already met. No one mm-hmm. listening to this podcast is going to relate because it's not common that you put your life online. Like that's a weird thing to do. But anyways, we've known each other for a while. We recorded a podcast when you had one forever ago, which I was so confused because I, okay, here's my thing. I was like, do you still have a podcast? Because I listened to it. So I was so confused because it didn't, this is why I was so confused. Anyways. Sorry. Yeah. I stopped it in 2020, but have like almost a hundred episodes, 60 something episodes. Oh my gosh. That's a lot of episodes. Yeah. So I've done it for a while, but decided to stop my podcast. It's the Dream Achieve podcast and all episodes are still on iTunes and Spotify. Keeping them up there. So if you want to listen, lots of content, but I did Stop doing new episodes. Now it's a dream achieve workbook. Yes. Okay. So can you give a little one minute bio, a little background on yourself? Sure. So I'm Hannah Ashton. I'm a 20 year old college student here in Nashville, Tennessee. I cannot believe you're only 20. Okay. Anyways, (laughs) continue. I go to Belmont University and I'm studying entrepreneurship. So it aligns kind of with my business that I started through YouTube because like you, I think we started YouTube like the same year. You started when you were 16, right? Mm -hmm. It was like 2013, I think. Yeah. So I was 13 because I'm three years younger. Uh, Started YouTube around the same time, kept up with it, grew my content through high school, focused on women's lifestyle. Now I do a lot of college videos like vlogs and week in the lives, a lot of routines, productivity, all like Kenzie does. And then I also throw in videos about entrepreneurship because I have started a few different businesses and side hustles through high school. And then last year, my freshman year of college is when I started the Dream Achieve workbook, which is a six-month goal-setting workbook and planner for busy college students like me and Kenzie. And I started that, yeah, last year. And so that is now my business that I also run while doing YouTube. That's so fun. We're going to talk so much about that really quickly before we do Hot Seat. What is it like going to school for entrepreneurship? It's Definitely a unique major. I feel like it's growing a lot. Belmont is actually, I think, in the top 20 schools for having that major. I've only taken a one entrepreneurship class so far, mm-hmm. so can't tell you too much about the major, but I've talked to a lot of seniors, graduated seniors from the major, and they say it's great because you get well-rounded business ideas. So you have to learn how to do everything from like venture planning to accounting to finance. Like we're taking it all, but it's also great at letting like kind of your creative juices flowing. And it's a degree in business administration is basically what it is. That's but my, that's actually my major. Yeah, yeah. So that's what the degree is in, but then it's like highlighted in entrepreneurship. So by okay. senior year, you're going through all classes on start to finish how to start a business. See, I wish that I even had that option. That's really cool. It is very cool. Okay, let's do a hot seat really quickly. Number one, this is my favorite question. What is the best purchase you have made under $100 in the past six months? I've been thinking about my answer to this question. (laughs) I'm so glad because it's so hard to come up with this. It is since you told me you were coming to Nashville, but it's basic, but I have to go with my air fryer. Amen. I agree. I second this. And it's perfect. I'm going to give a testament for college students. I'm now in a dorm for my second year in a row without a kitchen. Having the air fryer, I've had it now since Christmas, and it allows me to meal prep, to cook chicken, veggies, potatoes, whatever I want in my dorm, and my RA has not said anything, so. That's amazing. Do you guys have to live in dorms for two years, or do you just want to? Technically, yes. There's some ways to get around it. Some dorms, a lot of dorms on campus actually have an apartment. My friends were in that for the first semester, but I didn't get in it, so 
I'm cool. in without an apartment. Yeah, air fryers are probably the best thing that have happened to me ever. I cook all the time. And like by cook, I mean I put my salmon and my broccoli in my air fryer and I call it a day. It's so easy. It is quick. so easy. And honestly, it's like the best salmon I've ever had. It's so good. It's crispy, seasoning. Love it. We're big fans. Yeah. Okay, next question. What is the most valuable piece of content you have consumed or you consume regularly? AKA, what do you get the most out of? I would say video tutorials on whatever I'm trying to learn for business. And we can get into this, but I use YouTube for learning how to do graphic design for the workbook, to learn like where to get it manufactured, how to set up Shopify. I turn to YouTube, ironically, for anything and everything education wise. Do you ever use Skillshare or anything or do you just find everything on YouTube? I actually now have a Skillshare membership. So I am going to be doing a little bit more with Skillshare, but I'm excited to see how it differs. Like how have you find? Yeah. Like how much more can you find on there? Yeah. Have you found a difference in what you go to YouTube for versus Skillshare? Okay. It depends. I was using Skillshare for like random things about a year ago. I was working with them regularly. I actually really like Skillshare. And so I just found... The, okay, the difference to me between learning on YouTube and Skillshare is that Skillshare is just more curated. Mm. And I feel like it was quicker. Because if you learn on YouTube, you could be learned. Like it just sometimes the videos are way longer than they need to be. Kind of like true. that. But I mean, both are useful. And Skillshare is just so cheap too. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's like really breaking the bang. That's you know true. What I'm saying? Okay, last question. What? Where is your favorite place in Nashville? <laughs> I feel like I don't get out enough for how cool it is. I am. 20. And I feel like a lot of places here you need to be 21 to even get into. So we'll see how this changes in the next year. But I really love 12 South and that's where Belmont's located. Mm. Have you? We were there earlier today, but it was just so freaking cool. But it was so cute. We went to Outdoor Voices. We went to Frothy Monkey. That's what that's called, right? Yes. yes, Love it there. Just walking down there kind of because I can walk there from my dorm. So whenever I just need to get off campus, I just take a 10 minute walk down 12 South, go in some shops, different coffee shops. You can just coffee shop hop like there's so many Mm -hmm. on that street. And that's where I love to go. Our Lyft driver told us that we were standing in front of Dolly Parton's house. Is that? I was so confused. I know what you're talking about. I think it's her recording studio is what I've been told which is a rumor. I think that's a recording studio though. I mean, I love her. My newsletter that anyone listening to needs to sign up for, which is so fun. We regularly have Dolly Parton quotes. She's the best. I am amazing. Yeah. Her hometown is like 20 minutes from my hometown. So just always a queen. She just really is just so iconic. Like no one can argue that Dolly Parton is an icon. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can't argue it. You just can't argue it. Okay, so I want to go into like the nitty gritty specifics on starting a business, like numbers, what you need to do, you need to like at what point you can hire out, all of that stuff. So do you want to kind of take us through like the early phase of like Dream Achieve workbooks? Sure. So before the planner, the workbook planner, the business I had done besides like making money through YouTube and some podcast sponsorships had been some YouTube consulting. So I would charge for helping uh, women, you know, learn how to start a channel since I'd been doing it for years, how to make a thumbnail, what I used to edit, all of that. So I did a little bit of that in high school. How did you market all of that? Honestly, just through my YouTube channel. I kind of looked into Facebook marketing. I use Facebook marketing, like Facebook ads for when I did in-person events. I found those work best for those. But Thankfully, I did have this following that had grown with me and was able to use that for marketing. Now with the workbook, I'm having to get into some new marketing tactics, which I can talk about. When you were doing consulting, how did you know what to charge? 
Oof. Yeah, that was probably the hardest part because with a product, you can kind of look at the costs and figure it all out. But with a service, you're charging based on talent, basically, or like what your experience is. And so first I looked at what other YouTube consultants were charging and seeing like the level of experience they had and kind of putting myself on a timeline of where I felt like I fell into. And then a lot of it was just testing. I think I tested way cheaper than I needed to just because I was nervous. It was my first time charging my audience for something. And so I would just do like a one-on-one call and put a number out there. I think it was like $60 for the hour, $50 for the hour, something like that. And then I decided I wanted to do more of like a course. So working with clients for six weeks or however long, and then figuring out how much that would be my time prep and the call, what their value would be, all of that. Cool. Okay. So then back to Dream Achieve. Sorry. Yes. (laughs) So what I was saying was before the workbook planner, I had only done service-based things like events and the consulting and then content. So I was so scared to actually figure out how to make a product. Like, where do you even start with this? Who makes it? What do they charge? How many do you buy? And so I had the idea for this in September of 2018. I remember I was in my freshman dorm room curling my hair. I remember that distinctly. And then I was using two planners at the time. I had one that I used for academic purposes with a to-do list. And then one I used for when I would get back from class and like want to do my YouTube work and needed time blocking. So I was using two different planners and I just thought to myself, like, how could I streamline this? How could I make it easier for me when I get and do my like paper planning? And so I just started running the ideas through my head of what a page would look like in my planner. If I could have a to-do list and a time blocking section without having a page per day. Cause I feel like that was a waste of paper. So like, what would that look like? Or what other content would I want to include in a planner, all of these things. And so I really just started drawing it by hand on pieces of paper and then figured, okay, now that I have kind of a design idea in my head, the next step will be actually figuring out how to get it manufactured. And so I just Googled like Nashville paper companies, really simple stuff. I found a company about 30 minutes away, called their number and then set up a meeting for them the next week. And so in the end, I didn't go with this company just for a lot of reasons. They didn't offer the product I wanted, but just the fact of like having this idea the next day, calling the, the company, setting up a meeting, it just kind of got the ball rolling and made me realize, okay, I can do this if I take it one step at a time and make the next call. Or I can do this quickly too. Like I can take the next step now. I don't yeah. have to wait till I graduate or even till my next break. And it just gave me the confidence and momentum to keep going. Like I remember telling my roommate, okay, this is an idea I have and I really want to do this. Let's see how much it'll cost. So the first step was definitely just figuring out what the steps were. So again, looking at YouTubers who had made a paper good before and figuring out what they did. And then I ended up going for manufacturing through Alibaba.com. I don't know if you've heard of oh, them. Oh, I watched your video. So this is how I know. Oh, oh so yeah. you know the whole process. <laughs> so Alibaba is a safe retailer. It's kind of like the middleman between manufacturers, mainly in China and then you know, you. And so if you go through the site and you talk to them, like it's all safe and secure through there. And I've loved the manufacturers I've worked with in China. And so going through there just allowed me to one, create a very customized product. So not just going through like, you know, when I'm sure when if you do like merch or something like that, I like t-shirts, like you kind of get some say in what they put on it, but I wanted like down to the paper type, what I could choose. And so being able to customize it at a cost that I could afford as a college student and at a quantity that, you know, wasn't thousands and thousands of workbooks for this first time. So I decided to go through Alibaba and I think I got my first sample in December and yeah. 
What do you think is a good quantity to start at? So I wanted to start at the lowest quantity possible, which for this manufacturer was 200. Some things did happen and they ended up changing their policies and were like, no, we'll actually need you to order more. I think I met them at about 500 is what I went with to start with. And I would say if you can go with the lowest quantity, obviously the bigger the quantity, the less they're charging you per book. But for me, I wanted to first like test the waters and see before ordering, you know, 2000 of these books. So I first went with 500, just a couple hundred. So if someone's starting a business like this, how much money do you think they should kind of save or have budgeted out to kind of start like any, I know it's so dependent on the product and stuff, but like a product company. Right. So with paper, I feel like it was ex- the expenses varied on like what kind of cover I wanted and I wanted it to be hardcover. Um, if I, I wanted gold foiling on the front, so that added to the cost, number of pages, the paper quality, all these things are like what factored in. And then also shipping internationally, shipping 500 eight by, you know, five oh, yeah. inch books from China was very expensive. So altogether, shipping and manufacturing cost me about $3,500 as an upfront cost. And what I tell college students is I was able to do that all from my savings. I just saved money from YouTube sponsors had been my work up until then. So I just saved my money over the years. And once I had this idea, it was very nerve wracking to put that much money towards just an idea, something I didn't even want to talk about on my channel yet because I didn't want to like spoil the launch. And so I kind of just like, okay, we're going to go for it. But what I tell college students is to just, if you can get like a side job, just working at a coffee shop or, you know, Uber driving, something just Mm -hmm. where you can make money just to put towards this dream of yours. I think that's the smartest way to do it instead of trying to find an investor or, you know, borrowing money from family. I felt more confident just saving my money and then putting it all in on me. Were you nervous? Like I am always convinced when I come out with anything, which is like really just merch or even like when I first started this podcast or whatever, that either no one would listen or, okay, classic. I have a meetup. This is not the same thing. And I think legit no one is coming, which people do end up coming. So I'm like, spoiler alert. It's off. I'm worried for no reason. But even with merch, I'm always convinced that no one's going to buy it. Like how Mm -hmm. did you kind of overcome the fear of kind of like so much hard work and then kind of like they they have to buy the product. Like right. that's the next step, you know? Yeah, I was very nervous. And I think people look at the fact that I had a following kind of like a cheat, like, oh, you already have a loyal audience. But I mean, I'm not a huge YouTuber. And I knew going into it that someone clicking subscribe is easy, but someone getting out their wallets and actually paying for something is a whole different ballgame. So I was not expecting for me to like sell out the first day. I knew that wasn't the way I wanted to go either. I wanted to be more of like a slow and steady building a product line, building the business long term. But I was yeah, still very nervous. I mean, I remember launching and refreshing for probably five minutes before the first order came in and everything started to flow. Was that like the best feeling ever? Yeah. And I was like, oh, shoot, because it was pre-order too. I ran into a bunch of hiccups with the timeline. And so I didn't have the books in hand when I wanted to go live on June 15th. So for the first month and a half, it was all pre-order sales. So I was ecstatic, but I wanted to send it out to them right that day. Like if I could have, I would have, but I didn't have the books in hand. So I was like praying that everything worked out when I got them in July to send out. But yeah, it was the best feeling. And I remember one girl, she got it, like her boyfriend got it for her and just reading all the messages. That's actually the best. The amount of times, like if a boyfriend reaches out to me about buying something or like something girlfriend related, for some reason, I feel 
like, honored. I feel so honored because clearly they're like talking about this stuff with their boyfriend. Like I talk to my boyfriend about stuff all the time. Like he's really well kept. Like he's in the loop, you know? So like I know the vibe. So mm-hmm. that makes me feel very honored. Yeah, that yeah. was so fun. But yeah, it's definitely, of course, nerve wracking to put something out there and especially something that you hand designed yourself. All like all the ideas. This isn't to brag. It's just to say how I didn't have money to outsource mm-hmm. much at the beginning. So it's like all of my creativity into one product and then putting it out there and being like, okay, let's see how this does. And I'm learning a lot. I'm learning what they love. I'm learning what they don't like. And it's all going to go, you know, from here. So I can change things. I can make it my own now and go off of feedback. What would have happened? Like, let's say you sell out of everything and like you wouldn't have known. Would you have had to wait for another stock? So there would have been like a lap like a time lapse. Kind of? Yeah. So the manufacturing of the actual books from when I, I sent them my designs in May and yeah, I got the books in July. So two months pretty much for production and shipping. Okay, cool. Okay. So you talked about slow and steady runs the race, which Keaton and I have actually been talking about this a lot this weekend because just in a, like a YouTube sense, there's so many people who have just like blown up and gone viral. And like we have so many friends that we know that are at like millions of subscribers or you see people who have kind of been like overnight, quote unquote, overnight sensations and right. they've kind of phased out. And I feel like when maybe when I was younger, that would have been something that I would have wanted more. But I'm actually really grateful for like where my channel is at and like where I'm at. Obviously, like everything happens for a reason, whatever. But also from a business sense, like slow and steady wins the race. It's way more consistent. And I feel like because I haven't, like kids of death, because I haven't um, blown up overnight, I've kind of had like this quote unquote, like systems in place to kind of keep up with everything in more than anything I've been able to fit. Like more than anything, I've been able to build a more like loyal, loving community to where people are like tight knit. Do you, are you grateful for like how it's grown? Yeah, I agree with that on a lot of levels about the community. I started out on YouTube doing American Girl doll videos like stop motion. No way. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay, this wait, we have to pause for a second. I am the biggest American Girl doll fan ever. I love them. So last I think last Christmas, I somehow reached out to them because I'm a 22 year old and I'm crazy. And my niece is four and she doesn't have any. And I feel like that's like the perfect age to get her kind of into that. So they literally comped a like six, seven. No, I think there was like eight people of my family. Like my family members and my boyfriend were all there. Like brunch for her. You went to, yeah, the store. Yeah, I so saw went that. To the store. Like she got so much stuff. I mean, we ended up buying her so much stuff, but they gifted her so much stuff. It was actually like, yeah, it was all about her, but it was actually the best day of my life. That's amazing. So we connect even more because I didn't even know that. That's amazing. Yes, I have eight dolls. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. No. Okay. Side note. One time when I was little, my family is like originally from St. Louis. So we went there for Christmas and I had three dolls with me, of course, because I couldn't leave them at home. Like, God forbid. And our luggage got damaged. My dolls were at the top and they all got scraped and ruined. (gasps) And it was the worst day of my life. Okay. Anyway, so sorry. So you started with American (laughs) Girl Doll videos. Yeah. So I started with those. Content has definitely changed since then. But (laughs) just a little bit. Just a little. I get comments on my videos now on like college vlogs. Like, oh, I've been watching you since your American Girl Doll videos. And to me, I'm just like, that's incredible that we've grown up over the past eight something years and our interests have, you know, evolved together and grown up on YouTube. They've been following my life. I think that's just incredible. And I wouldn't change that for anything. But that being said, it does get frustrating. You know, you post and you do all the things you think you're supposed to do and you're still not seeing the growth. So I think it's I think it's a two way street, you know? Yeah. No, because my channel used to definitely grow and it hasn't really probably grown in three years. And that definitely used to frustrate me. 
in the now, it's like not even a thought that I have. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's just because I've given up or if it's because I'm just like really content with what I have. Like, obviously, I would love to grow and I would love to do all those things. Mm -hmm. But I think the way that I thought I wanted like my business to grow when I was maybe like 17 is Mm -hmm. not what ended up happening. And I'm also I'm okay with that. And I'm also like kind of happy with that. You know, I think it's definitely a God thing that I've stayed the rate that I'm at because I'm also so young. And so I'm learning as I go. And so if I had a million subscribers and I launched this product and it was a flop, it would have been like a much bigger failure at that level than what it would have been if I was at, you know, the almost 200,000 subscribers like I am now. So I think God's keeping me on the, on the timeline of just grow as you know, you get older, you're making mistakes. It's okay. Like it's not that big of a deal. You're young, figure it out. And then we'll see where it goes. I had I grown that quickly at that age, I would have not done any of the stuff that I'm doing now. Like I would have not met any like, I mean, not anyone, but so many people who are so important in my life. I wouldn't have ended up going to school that I ended up going to. That was the best decision ever. There's so many things that I didn't think I wanted Mm -hmm. and didn't really kind of like go as I maybe had planned or whatever that ended up being so much more like so much better for me and more fulfilling, you know? Yeah. So I think that's important to like keep in mind as well. Okay, so last thing as far as like Dream Achieve, what was the most difficult thing in starting it? And what was something you thought would be a lot more a lot harder than it ended up being? So the hardest thing I would say is figuring out the margins on a product. It is easier than services because you have a baseline. So like I knew what it was costing me per book. And then the mistake I made is I kind of went more with a gut feeling than with like figuring out the actual numbers. I was like, okay, $35, you know, for, you know, expensive planners, high-end planners can go up to like $50. But I was like, $35, I'd ask my friends, like, does this feel good for this kind of product? And they said, yeah. I was like, what about $40? They're like, no, that's too much. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go with them. But what I didn't realize, which is more like tactical advice here is you also have to take into consideration, are you going to be paying part of the shipping costs? Like I pay $2.50 on every shipping order because I don't want the consumer paying like $8 on shipping. And then also if you want to do a sale, like if you want to do free shipping or a Black Friday deal, like all of those deals are going to cut into your margins. And so you want to make sure you're choosing a price that's of course fair to your customers, but also fair to you and the value and time and effort that you're putting into this business as well. So I would say If I could go back, I would look more at like, what is a price that allows me to give great deals and coupons and give free workbooks out and do giveaways, but also allows me to make my money back and then hopefully eventually make a profit as well. For something that, let's see, was easier than I thought, right? Mm -hmm. Paying sales tax. (laughs) That's actually real. That's actually, yeah. I was so scared to do this. I put it off for six months. Okay. I am afraid of taxes just overall in general. Yeah. I I mean, obviously I do all my time. Ta- I mean, I get them done because mm-hmm. I don't trust myself. <laughs> but every single year I'm anxious about anything related with the taxes for really no reason. But well, what I didn't know. So I do use my family's accountant for my like YouTube income mm-hmm. taxes. But for sales tax, you pay them every month. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like this is crazy. But then I looked into it and I'm like, I literally go log on, connect my bank, put in how many orders I've got. And then you only pay sales tax on the state that you are out of. So my location is in Tennessee. So I only pay sales tax on Tennessee orders, which I was like, what the heck? This is all new info to me. Yeah. So take that. Like I would look into it for a specific product or like your business if Mm -hmm. you're thinking of doing this. But that's what my accountant said. It's what I read articles on. So yeah, I just put in how many orders are from Tennessee and then pay it 
with a click of a button and it's the easiest thing. So oh, that's and it's actually amazing. It's due on the 20th in Tennessee state revenue. So there you go, everyone. <laughs> yeah. See, this stuff is what I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. So did you, I mean, you're actually incredible for learning how to do basically everything, but did you ever consider hiring out or did you really just want to know everything before? Or did you like, were you like, I just can't afford to hire out? Like what what are your views on this? Yeah. So I definitely thought about like hiring a graphic designer to do the pages, hiring a website designer or even a logo designer. And then I realized being a college student, I had more time than money. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to save my money. I'm going to teach myself. I did get a ton of advice from like professors or older college students in the entrepreneurship program, or of course, like from YouTube and podcasts. So definitely a lot of help and advice. But then instead of hiring out, I kind of, I guess, hired out advice, but you know, that's free on Mm -hmm. content. So I would go to the advice and then try to apply it myself. And it did take a ton of time. It took, I got like the outside sample of the workbook in December. So I knew what the cover was going to look like, but I had no clue what the inside pages were really going to look like yet. And so it took all of my spring semester to figure out that and set up the Shopify, set up the photo shoots. And I did hire someone for to do the photos because I wanted that to look great. But that was really the only outside help that I had, I think, was the photographer. Now I have like a business coach and kind of learning to do more outside so that I can, you know, change up my role. But what has your experience been with a business coach? So it's been a group coaching and I have two coaches, two female coaches. They're from the Product Boss podcast, an amazing resource if you're looking into doing product business. I listened to their podcast for months before working with them. And I've been working with them now for six months in like a group setting. And what's been, what's been really cool is just being able to flush out ideas. So like with tactical stuff, they'll like refer you to like articles and things like, oh yeah, sales tax, just Google this. But for me, I'm really good at like having one idea and then figuring out the nitty gritty of how to get that done. But a few months ago, I was like, I just don't know big vision, like where I want to take this. Like, do I want to keep it under my name and keep it under a personal brand or set it up under its own thing? Like I was so lost at where I wanted to go, what new products I wanted to do. And so just being able to flush out ideas, I think was the biggest help that I could get from the product bosses. And also if you have someone in your life, like I talk about all my business ideas with my mom and dad. So that's also great to do too. Yeah. (laughs) My dad is so like business savvy and helpful. My friends even are like, you need to start making videos with your dad because I know I'm like so grateful to have a dad who like really gets it. Mm -hmm. And he's not like he should have honestly been an entrepreneur, but he's not even he just like, I don't know how how he knows everything basically in the world. Yeah, but all my friends are like, you really need to start making videos because not everyone has parents like that. Mm -hmm. So I want to start a series with my dad where I just ask a bunch of questions or even not even business related, like just things that you don't know when you're a young adult that you think you would have learned growing up that a lot of people just will not, they don't have like that resource from their parents. Yeah. So I want to start doing videos like that. You need to. Like, I just learned how to check tire pressure a few months ago from him. Yep, literally. <laughs> but yeah, my dad's an entrepreneur. So being able to turn to him and even though he's in a totally different field, like he does construction and home building in Knoxville, but it's still like he didn't go to school for it. unlike mm-hmm. I'm able to. So he's had the experience of just figuring things out. So I always love talking to him and my mom. Did he want you to go to school? Actually, my parents gave me something I'm very grateful for that not a lot of parents do, but they gave me the option to do my own thing or go to school. I decided to go to school just because I thankfully could financially and all of that. And I was like, you know what? Of course, I'm not a huge like the college experience. Like I go to a small Christian school. Like it is Mm -hmm. not the big state school experience. I'm definitely there for the education and the fact that I can learn more about business 
in like a school setting and then apply it directly to my business, I think is awesome. If I was going into school without a business, I probably wouldn't have majored in entrepreneurship. But the fact that I already knew I had such a big passion for it, I was like, let me see what I can learn through this and then get the degree and go from there. That's actually awesome. I always say that like, I am not someone who's like everyone in the world should go to college. But also I think if you kind of have, if you have the means to go to college and it makes sense, do it, you know? Mm -hmm. But I think it's also nice The biggest thing that I find for most people, you are definitely not in this category, but I think it's kind of nice because it's like a four year almost like safety net between like, quote unquote, the real world and your life at home, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's like kind of nice to learn. And I feel like a lot of people need that, you know, in the middle of it. So I agree. I think it's, you know, it's up to you. But okay, I want to talk about like who you go to for like valuable content online. I think what is it? It's what what the quote is like. We are what we consume or something like that. I keep close tabs on who I'm consuming content from, not necessarily even in like the comparison way, but just in a way of like, if I know if I'm looking at whatever it is too much that it like kind of taints my view on things. I don't know how to describe it. It definitely affects me personally. So it is something that I really watch, but I want to talk about like your favorite podcast. You're a reader, right? Yeah. When I'm not in school, like summer is my time. (laughs) Summer, yes. Summer breaks. But yeah, I totally agree. I think it starts with Instagram because I'm on there so often. I make sure to follow people that their content is more like uplifting and valuable rather than just pretty. So for me, I know with my just mindset and stuff, like I just can't follow models and, you know, just like celebrities on Instagram because it's just going to make me feel like I'm not at their level. I'm not that pretty. I'm not that skinny. Instead, I like to follow businesswomen, girls my age who are in the same field. Of course, my friends too. So one girl I love on Instagram, I watch her stories religiously. I watch yours every day too, actually. Thank you. Thank you. Love that. But is Kalia Nicole. She's out of St. Pete, Florida. And I call her my like business big sister because when I was starting to do events, she had an event-based business. Now she does like influencer coaching. So if you're wanting to grow your Instagram and work with brands, she works with like micro influencers on getting them these awesome brand deals just by like their pitch and everything. So she's awesome for content. Who else do I follow? I feel like a lot of local people as well, just Nashville entrepreneurs. It's always nice and refreshing. And I'm starting now to try to diversify my following. I follow a lot of women before, but I'm like, okay, maybe I should follow some guy entrepreneurs as well, Mm -hmm. just to get a different perspective. I was, I was like that as well. Yeah. And I kind of, have like kind of expanded. Yeah. We're, We're doing good with that. As for podcasts, as I mentioned, the Product Bus podcast, if you're looking into doing a product-based business, I love NPR's How I Built This. Yes. Uh, That is just overall. What's your favorite How I Built This episode? (sighs) The one that keeps popping up in my head is Tate's Cookies. Oh, I haven't listened. And it's not, I can't even like say, oh, it's amazing. I think it's just the fact that I love their cookies. So whenever (laughs) I see them in the grocery store, I'm like thinking about her story. And she's came from like a really small town, like in the, Yeah. Yeah, so that's been a cool. My favorite is the Crate and Barrel one. I think I have listened to that yeah, one. Yeah, and he's older. Yes. So what I like about that and what I want to do with my podcast just as a whole is I really want to diversify guests. Like I don't want this just to be like an influencer podcast. Like you'll notice the only people I have on are either like very close friends of mine or people who have like you have a business outside of it and you've built something bigger than that. Not to downplay that at all. I just think that that's already been done, you mm-hmm. know? But I also really want like, not even just different types of people. I mean, yes, different types of people, but also with totally different viewpoints, but also 
different ages. Mm-hmm. So I loved listening to this because he was way older and he they started like years and years ago and just hearing Crate and Barrel is like so freaking big. And they were not even like, they did not go into Crate and Barrel like trying to make it Crate and Barrel. That's so right. Yeah, it yeah. was crazy. It was so cool. Go listen. It's a good episode. Great episode. Um, for other content, I love all the content that Work Party puts out. So mm-hmm. is it Jacqueline Johnson? Yeah, is that I think her name? So. They had a pop-up in the mall here in Nashville last semester. And I just stumbled upon it. And I was like, how did I not know about this? Like, how did I not know this event was happening? But anyway, so I've seen her in person. But I love their book. Their book is, her book is awesome. It's actually just from her perspective. But listen to that audiobook. Phenomenal about just women in career, not just business building. Um, and love their her podcast. Let's see. I've read To Hell with the Hustle. Yes. That's a good one. And right now I'm reading You Are a Badass at Making Money. Yeah. The green one. The green one, not the yellow. And (laughs) I think that one's been super helpful, especially as right now it's been like a slow season for my business just because, you know, the new year, new you kind of rushes over. People are transitioning into, you know, spring and summer. And so for me, it's like, no, you still got to keep up with the mindset of like, okay, take this slow time to work on other outlets that could bring in streams of income. And, you know, just, I've kind of put a, a, a pause, not really a pause because I'm still working all the time. It feels like, but this semester, my classes and my schedule has been a lot more, a lot heavier. So I've kind of put that to the forefront. So getting back in the mindset of like business for me, this past spring break has been good. I love Ashley Graham's podcast as well. This is so random. I'm like, thank you. Okay. So pretty big deal. It's cool because there's another episode. I actually don't remember what podcast I listened to this on, but with Carly Kloss, totally opposite of Ashley. Like, this is not what I'm talking about with Ashley Graham. And it's so cool to see what she's done with her modeling career because mm. she's now doing like, do you know what clothing with Glossy is? Okay, no. so she puts on these camps, or at least she did at one point, where it's, I think it's, I believe it's like a two-week summer camp type program. You have to apply to get in it and they kind of target like low-income girls. So the idea is kind of like teach someone how to fish so that they can bring in income. And like that's obviously so cool. coding is something that's really needed right now. So it's cool because they're taking these girls and teaching them how to code to kind of like, I mean, also it's like empowering And then they have these life skills that they can then turn into something. So instead of just taking care of them, they're kind of like teaching them how to do something so that they can then take care of themselves. It's really cool. That's amazing. Um, Back to Ashley Graham. Her podcast is a pretty big deal. I think for me, as far as content goes, it really depends. Like there was definitely a time where I was like way more into like girl boss type stuff with like Sophia Marissa's book four or five years ago when I first moved to L.A., And I think I've changed so much like over the, I mean, I know I've changed so much over the past five years. So it really just depends on like what I'm interested in that time. Like sometimes I'm super interested in like business stuff. Sometimes I'm super interested in like self-development. And then right now, I think I really love kind of hearing people's stories and like how they built things, but also like not as, I don't know, just like not as maybe like detailed. I just have like been loving her podcast. I also think that seeing that, I'm like, that's kind of, at this moment, what I would want this podcast to turn into because they record it as like a talk show as well. Mm -hmm. And it's cool. It's like a really cool setup. Anyway, so I've been loving her. That's awesome. Yeah, I was going to say a few podcasts that aren't business related that I turn to more in like the mornings when I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, I need like something slow, easy to listen to, more personal development. I love She by Jordan Lee Dooley. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I've been getting more into Christian content as well because for Mm -hmm. so long I was, yeah, the same. Very girl boss based, goal oriented. And now that I feel like my brand is that and I've got a good hold on that. I want to definitely go into more Christian content because I just have been lacking in that. So I love her podcast. I love the girls from Delight. 
What's yeah, for the girl. Yeah, for the girl, Kinsey and Mac. I had yes. I had Kinsey on actually like I years know. ago. I was so excited. I love those girls. They're always been so sweet to me, and they're awesome. We actually talked about you. Oh yeah, gosh. for the girl is really cool. I like Annie F Downs, the So Fun podcast or something like that. So Fun podcast. Okay, I've been listening to so many episodes about this. I was telling Keaton because it's so funny because. I don't necessarily like you would not the people that I've been listening to lately you would not think I would listen to because I am just so different like style and just whatever no I am obsessed with her I think she is the cutest person ever she has this one episode with Lauren Daigle on that's Mm. incredible I think it's also important because as much as we both care about like working really hard and like building these things like I care more about the like who like the who before you do type thing whatever that is I need to get them with like a better like cliche but that's been really cool I really like actually now that we're on this topic I wanted to bring this up anyways Jordan Dooley recently posted something because there's such this like weird if you have any sort of faith like as a girl or like a woman whatever I feel so weird saying that Mm -hmm. I'm like I'm 22 still a girl kind of the idea of like you shouldn't be able like I think just maybe Christians as a whole as well. But I think there's another layer to it when you're a girl that you shouldn't like be making money and God forbid you make a lot of money or you're successful or whatever. And she was like going through the whole like Proverbs 31 type thing. This is relatable to literally basically anyone. But this, it's basically like a chapter in the Bible that is like, talking about like a strong woman and mm-hmm. they she literally talks about like she her with her I'm butchering the verse something with like you make something with your hands yeah money, whatever yeah she yeah <laughs> that was great we money, should look whatever. it up <laughs> one second actually let me see this really quick she considers a field and buys it out of her earnings she wants a vineyard like it when you actually read it it's kind of more entrepreneurial than you would expect and I feel like it's weird that that hasn't been what's communicated to me, you know? Yeah. No, I totally get that. I, I haven't seen her post, but I need to go look at it because one thing that has been communicated to me in my classes, especially by some female professors, has been the more money you make, the more you're able to give. Like if it's yes. in your possession, you get control over where it goes, whether it's to a church, whether it's to a nonprofit, a charity, like it's then God can bring it to use to then further his kingdom. And you're just like the vessel in which it moves through. And so I love that idea. And I think it's, it's, yeah, definitely important to talk about because yeah, you see the whole girl boss world and you think it's, and feminism, it's like separate from Christianity. And it's like, wait, it's like literally not. <laughs> there's at so all. many strong women in the Bible yeah. that let's just go back and recap on these. So yeah, exactly. I think also like mo- exactly what you said, money is a resource. So it's like you are able to one, help people to give to whatever that is that you give. You're able to then invest in like my whole thing is I love the idea. Like what I want to end up doing with like my Instagram podcast is kind of turn it into this whole other thing. But it's like the idea of like building a platform and then being able to build other people's platforms. Yeah. So there's a lot of power with that and like also a lot of responsibility. But on top of that, you're able to then kind of support other people in a way that maybe they wouldn't have been supported before. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think to an outside perspective, sometimes people, not that their opinions even matter, but view this as like such a like stupid, selfish thing. And they're like, oh, okay, like whatever. And it's like really not, you know, I think especially like YouTube type stuff, like people yeah. think that, but even then like God forbid a girl want to like work hard and be successful and whatever. But like even more than that, like even if it's just for that, that's totally okay. But I think looking at it as unfortunately a lot of times it is looked at 
is like a very small-minded view, you know? No, I agree. And I think Jordan Dooley and Sadie Robertson are great testaments to having success, being a public figure, but also like keeping their values and their morals in line. Mm -hmm. So yeah, exactly. Okay. Let's talk about work life and like working from home. So give me kind of a week in the life. I know your schedule is so different and I know my answer is like it changes every day, (laughs) but kind of give me like tips and tricks and what you do. So I'm in class for usually about three hours a day. This semester, it's been more in the mornings and then I have like one night class. But so this semester, of course, yeah, changes on semester due to class schedule. But then throughout the week, I try to keep my schedule pretty the same just so I know what I can get done in a week. And then my weekends are like where I don't really have a schedule, don't do my planning, all of that. But in class, usually from eight to 12-ish, like with a little breakfast break in there, an hour break that I have. And before I go to class, like I make sure to have my morning routine. So that's when I get ready for my day. Belmont. Is What's kind your of, morning routine? Go ahead and go. Oh, through let's that. go through <laughs> it. So I try to wake up around 630 and then I give myself an hour to just like make coffee and do my devotions and all of that. And then it takes me probably just 10 minutes to do my hair and makeup and same literally every day. I'm like, it t- <laughs> literally takes me five minutes if that. Yeah. So Eaton's looking at me right now because she hates how fast I get ready because she's just can't really actually you really don't take long Keaton. She's in the room as well. But I'm just like abnormally freakishly quick. So anyways. Yeah. I don't know how it just I don't happens. either. I, my answer is like, I'm like, I'm not good at makeup. Exactly. I just <laughs> yeah. like put it Literally. on and then we go out the door. And then I will either eat breakfast in my room real quick or take something with me and eat in between classes. But my classes range from all business classes like Right now I'm in macroeconomics. I'm in a mass media and society class, which I actually love. I'm in my introductions to entrepreneurship. I'm taking a finance and then like another math business class. I think that's that's all of them. Yeah. And then I will usually head back to my dorm and make myself a lunch, you know, with my meal prepped air fryer food because just not usually feeling like going to the school cafeteria. So <sighs> but normally go back to my room and take like 30 minutes to just unwind from all the classes that I just had and eat and call my mom, like whatever I want to do to unwind. And then usually that is when I will hop into some work or meet a friend at a coffee shop and do homework. But I try to do like YouTube work kind of after classes since I've just been in school for a couple hours. And then normally the semester I've been working out at around like four or 5 p.m. right before dinner is when I'll fit that in, make myself dinner or go meet friends somewhere on campus to eat. And then start my night routine, which I like to go to bed really early. Same. Like the opposite of all college kids. I'm like, I like to be in bed by 10 and watching my Netflix. No, Keaton and I are in bed at 830. So sorry, continue. But like that that makes me so happy. Yeah. Glad to hear it because I feel so lame. People are like, you're the lamest college student. I'm like, I know, but I'm like so okay with being lame. Yeah, I actually think I thrive being lame. I like myself more when I am quote unquote lame. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I definitely thrive when I'm getting my like seven to eight hours of sleep. Yeah. When I get back from working out on dinner, I try not to do any work or schoolwork. Like I seriously, my brain does not function after 7 p.m. And so that's when I'll just do skincare, shower, talk to my sweet mate, you know, call family or friends, whatever, watch a movie and then head to bed. Yes, this we're actually the same person. I don't like doing stuff at night either. I go through my phases where weirdly in the past month I've kind of been a night person and I'm not about it. So I'm trying to fix, you know, myself. Okay, I feel like, I mean, I asked on Instagram. I say I feel like all the time when I know it to be a fact. So I don't know where that has come from. <laughs> but I asked on Instagram kind of people's like what they wanted to hear from you. And I am not surprised, but so many people were like, how do you manage it all? 
like you are doing, like it's a full-time career job business that you also own and run. And then on top of it, you're a full-time college student and you also work out and you're also just like pretty put together. What are some tips that you have for other people? So I always say I can't do it all at the same time. And I feel like you agree with this as well. Like we talk about seasons, all of these things. So like I said, the past like January to March up until spring break, I felt like I was putting business and YouTube on the back burner. Like I could only upload to YouTube once a week. I was posting on Instagram once a week. I try to post every day on stories to like update people. Um, I stopped my podcast because I just knew that going into my next semester and my next year, like that's not something I wanted to prioritize. And so put that on the back burner. But I really wanted to focus on school and my health because I was taking finance, which I knew was going to be a hard class, as people told me. And I just had some health goals for 2020 that I wanted to focus on. So now that we're halfway through the semester and I'm actually about to start online classes due to the whole outbreak. Now I'm like, okay, now I can transition into prioritizing more work stuff because I'm going to be doing online classes from home and I'll have more time to film and put in like the next three months um, up until summer and then hopefully into summer of like work stuff. And so I think it definitely throughout my year goes through spurts. Like over the summer, it was all work. It was launch. It was events. It was traveling. And then once I hit school, I'm like, okay, no, let me focus more on friendships, like my weekends, put friends above work. So I could film a YouTube video or go out to lunch with friends. I'm going to choose my friends just because that's the season I'm in when I'm in school. Okay. I think what you said about prioritizing is so important. So often people... This is my answer actually every single time. I'm like, instead of just trying to make everything fit and getting so stressed out and guilting yourself for not quote unquote doing everything and doing it all because no one can do it all. I hate to break it to you. Mm -hmm. It's all about what your priorities are and you have to just figure that out and then readjusting priorities as time goes on because it's not going to be the same. Like for instance, I was just in a very intensive school internship thing. So at that time, that was my number one priority and my scheduling kind of went all around that. And then honestly, it was probably like school and podcasting and YouTube. I don't feel like podcast actually, no, it was not even podcasting. It was like <laughs> school, YouTube, and then that. And mm-hmm. now I'm full-time online. I've moved. I have more time because I don't spend four hours in my car in LA and traffic anymore. So now I'm like work has kind of gone up as a priority. Whereas before it was school and it's like, I'm not even done with school. I just have more time. So I think more than anything, it's like you have to realize what is a priority. And also my other thing that I always say is like you also have to prioritize rest because if not, you're going to burn out. Burning out is the worst feeling ever and you can kind of feel it as you're getting there. Mm -hmm. So it's better to take a day off and do things that kind of if you're able to do things that like refresh you than it is to just keep going and burning out because if you burn out then you're unmotivated you're really useless for like a week or two at least but if you would have just taken that one day off that you think would kill you to take off you are back at it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I try to take a day a week. It does not always happen, but a day a week where at least not doing schoolwork because school is what really drags me down. Like, yeah, just mundane work. But so if I definitely usually one day a week where I'm not doing schoolwork, I try not to do any YouTube work or business stuff unless it's urgent. But for me, it's hanging out with other people is like what gets me away. Cause mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sitting in my room by myself, like knowing me, I'm, I can't watch TV in the middle of the day. Like I'm going to do some work, but so I try to get out of, out of my room, out with friends. And that kind of separates me and going into prioritizing things, definitely areas of your life. But I find also like 
groups of people is what I have to do as mm-hmm. well. So like when I'm home with my family over the summer, like I'm going to prioritize family time. When I'm here at school, I'll do school. I had a boyfriend for like a year and eight months throughout high school and beginning of college. And so at that season of my life, like I was also prioritizing relationship. And so it was definitely tough for me to, you know, go out on a date with him and not talk about work or like spend a whole day with him and not check my email. And he was really good at like bringing me away from that. But then when we broke up, I was like, okay, now I can focus more on this aspect of my work, like creating the planner. I did that. Mm. And so yeah, all in, all in good timing, all when the season comes. All in good timing. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This is an amazing episode. Oh my gosh. Where can they find you? I am on YouTube at Hannah Ashton. And then you can shop the Dream Achieve workbook, see my other work and free downloads at shophannahashton.com. And then my Instagram is Miss Hannah Ashton. So M-I-S-S Hannah Ashton. Wow. We love that. All right. Bye guys. Bye. All right, guys, that is it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. I love you guys so much and I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.